All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the year that was dot dot dot, and we are discussing 1997. If you are new to the program, my name is Aaron. I am the host. Hello, little one. Um, I am with no, 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 my brother Nate, my brother from another mother, Archie, and What's I up? assume is his granddaughter. Yes, Winter Rose hello, is here. One. Um, hello. <laughs> and we are discussing the year that was 1997. Um, we are into March, and um, this is a special day for me, and it is a very special day in 1997 for Nate, because I believe at this time I was... Turning 13, maybe? Yeah, it seems about right, right? Because I was born on March 3rd. Wee, 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 wee. I was born on March 3rd, 1983, and we are going into March 3rd, 1997. I don't know nothing about no math, but 14. I was a little boy at this time. 14. 14, yeah. I was 14, and Nate was like 50 at this time. So, that's a joke, because Nate's old. But anyway... <laughs> I, I, I don't want to get off the rails. Basically, it was like the Doc Brown to your Marty McFly. Yes. Basically, guys, what we're doing into this show is we're delving through the year that is 1997. And I'm with these guys. David Gold's driving around, um, doing his thing, listening. And we are discussing the second, in my opinion, the second greatest year of wrestling of all time. Uh, I'd put 1984. <laughs> um, so we've gone out of uh, a Monday Night Raw that was somewhat significant because it went back to the Manhattan Center. They've acknowledged ECW. Um, and now we are going into March The 3rd, worst Monday Night Raw. <laughs> possibly one of the worst Monday Night Raws of all time. We're going into March 3rd, 1997. It's German Raw German. I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Our announcers are Adolf and and I'm, I'm picturing I'm picture I'm hearing in my head the Thursday Raw Thursday guy going German Raw German. That's what I'm saying. Like whenever they would uh, Thursday Raw Thursday, well this would be German Raw German. Um, and um, they're in Germany for Monday Night Raw, and this is the Raw that. And and part of me, I think I talked about it a little bit on the last show. This is the raw that Vince Rousseau said that that changed Vince McMahon's mind and and all this shit. And that's when they did Mon- that's when they did Rawls War. And he was the guy that said this is trash or whatever. I somewhat understand what he was saying, but I also don't think that Vince Rousseau was. The guy that, that that changed everything because I'm sure he was one of the voices in Vince's head that said, "Hey, this was crap. We need to go to a live show and and be edgier." But I don't think it was just him. Yeah, and I also don't think it was like because we're gonna go into next week and next week is Gangbusters. Right. I just I want you guys to know this. Next week is Gangbusters because next. Is. Everything fucking changes. What I don't understand here, Aaron, is, is last week was such a great Raw. Manhattan Center, ECW invading. Not this week, but the following week is a really great Raw as well. 
Why did we sandwich German Raw Thursday, German Raw German, in between such good Raws? I have no fun. You know? But the, the, this thing is... This show's rough. It's hot That's shit. It, it's not shit with with the action of it. That's what I want to say. Like, okay. The action of it is really good. There's some really good matches on here, but the show is very plotting. Um, so we're going to open up German Raw German. March 3rd, 1997. 14 year old Aaron sits down. Like, all right, let, wh- what do we get right at the beginning of this show? It's Vince McMahon giving a brief history of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and your your average your average wrestling fan sitting at home going, I don't care about them Russians. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got a problem with the ball? <laughs> and even back all those years, Donald Trump was sitting there going, A wall, you say. <laughs> we should we should do raw in China. Yeah. It's like maybe we should let Hunter build that wall because he doesn't yeah. let anybody get over. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a shovel and a sledgehammer already. <laughs> but we get this brief history of the Berlin Wall from Vince McMahon. And, and and I was making jokes, and I'm not trying to discount anybody that went through any of that shit. That, that, I mean, no, I, don't, not at all. I don't think we need to give disclaimers on this show because there's like five people listening. But um, I'm just saying like, I'm not, I'm not making light of what any of those people went through. Um, I know some shit probably like, like this show is probably clipped out of order, but if you look at it in the order that this show was presented, on TV, it's mm-hmm. Vince McMahon giving us a brief history of, of the Berlin Wall and all the struggles that everybody went through in Germany and, and all this stuff that happened. And, and, and then the wall came down. And once the wall came down, guess who came out of that debris and that wall? The honky tonk man. <laughs> and I thought it was Brockus. Nope. The honky tonk man, he's the guy that's bringing happiness and love to the German people. And the honky tonk man is joining Vince McMahon for play by play. And then it's not that great. And then we get a guy I can't remember, I I didn't write down his name because I didn't even want to mispronounce it, but he's our ring announcer. And I just put our ring announcer is German Mr. Ernst. <laughs> I like it. Because he looks like Mr. Ernst from Hey Dude. So, yep. or, or he's, from, he's, from, he's from Heil Dude. <laughs> Heil Dude. Heil Dude. Exactly. Good call. If, if, if you guys don't know Hey Dude, he's fucking German Willie. Fucking <laughs> Alf. Like, this is what this guy looks like. He looks like Mr. Ernst and Alf. Had a German baby, and he introduces Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Hunter Hearst Helmsley comes out, and they're booing him. And then they announce that Hunter Hearst Helmsley is going to face Bret Hart. And I will tell you this. There's a lot of times where I heard Bret talk about, like, 
oh, these people were enemies so much. It was crazy. And I'm like, eh, maybe. But fucking Germany ape shit for Bret Hart. Bret loved him. When Bret used to cut those promos once he turned heel and said, the only place they boo me is the United States, but if I go to Canada or Germany or Japan, they'll cheer me. He wasn't lying. He was over in the other countries. It's just the United States fans turned on him quicker than anything when Stone Cold got at his eyes. But but fucking Bret in Germany trying to get out to the fucking ring, man. Grabbing him. He was a fucking rock star in Germany. Um, Oh, yeah. And this match ends in a disqualification because Bret Hart refuses to stop stomping um, Triple H. And the referee tries to stop him. And he shoves the ref down. And the referee um, disqualifies Bret Hart. And then um, the big woman that we don't know yet of her name shows up and has a square off with Bret Hart. And Bret Hart does Bret Hart doesn't want to Bret Hart doesn't want to fight her, but he doesn't back down. He just kind of leaves because he's like, "I'm not going to hit a woman." I'm gonna call my sister Diana. She'll be down here and kick your ass. Yeah, and and that's how um, the match ends. It's kind of a weak finish. It's kind of whatever, but. They showed you how super over Brett was in Germany. Triple H didn't really lose. And they kind of put over the big woman whose name will be unveiled later on. So Triple H over Brett Hart by via disqualification. And just to put it in perspective for anybody listening that has never seen this show... It is also very poorly lit. All of this is very poorly lit. It's like a really bad house show. Yeah, this is like the Toronto Raw Toronto. It's a it's, mm-hmm. it's a broadcast house show, is what we're seeing. And um, unless you guys have anything on that, we'll move over, We'll move on to the next segment. Mm-hmm. The next segment is them saying that Steve Austin is supposed to be live in the studio uh, in the states. The WWE. Uh, the WWF headquarters studio, whatever you want to call it. And they're talking about the last time he was there, the fuck cops were involved and all this shit. And they're going to try to involve, they're going to try to interview Steve and they go to Steve and he's not there. It's just a raw banner. And they're like, where's Steve, Steve, where are you at? And you hear um, a toilet flush. <laughs> So apparently Steve was dropping a deuce and he had no time at that point to talk to Vince McMahon and the Honky Tonk Man. It's fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. It really is. <laughs> it, it, it's Vince McMahon humor right there. But it's funny. That's funny. funny. I'm not saying it's not funny. But, but Vince is like, Steve, Steve, are you there? And then you hear, oh, oh, I can't do a toilet flush. But you hear a toilet flush, Steve's dropping a no time right now. <laughs> Crappers. Comes out of the bathroom all angry. Well, he didn't even go out. They're just like, oh, well, he's detained. <laughs> And 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 Vince McMahon basically being like, "Oh, Steve Austin's detained." Like that's that's a great. Fucking he stay, yeah, he, stay, he tries to stay straight about it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then we get a recap, and the reason we get this recap 
is because the main event basically of this match is the European, the culmination of the European title tournament and the um, finals are Bulldog and Owen. And they give us a recap of the Royal Rumble situation between Bulldog and Owen. And it's one of my favorite heel things ever because he didn't say it at the time when he eliminated Davey, but when they're like interviewing him the next week, like the next Monday, they ask, Oh, and why did you eliminate Davey? And he's like, I didn't eliminate Davey. He was stupid. He just fell out of the ring. <laughs> and Davey's standing like right next to me. He's stupid. He just fell out of the ring. It's one of my favorite things. A classic Owen Hart response. Yes. Um, so the next match we get is an Intercontinental title match with the Intercontinental champion Rocky Maivea defending against Big Van Vader. Um, as these guys are coming out, um, they show a, I don't want to say big German woman, but they show a German woman in the crowd and the honky tonk man is super happy about her. And basically through this entire show, the honky tonks man, the honky tonk man's gimmick is he's super horny for German women. <laughs> like I want me a four line or whatever. Mick, man, I need to get me a big German woman. Like, like all the big German women they show honky tonk man's like, I want to tap that. That's, that's <laughs> basically his gimmick to this whole and, show. And Vince is like, don't worry. One day we're going to employ Nicole Bass. She's all yours, honky. Yes. <laughs> she's going to, she's going to fuck you probably. Honky <laughs> <laughs> she's pegged you. Um, so vader comes out and he's with paul bear which i thought was kind of crazy because usually like when you watch like these wwf house shows back in the day they didn't like bring the managers along you know but they they brought bear but no i think but i think he was a producer well that too but what i will say is um and just going back through old results and stuff, he was one of the ones that was a lot of times on the road because he usually came out with Taker when he was with yeah. Taker. Now, right. and, and I know this is like uh, uh, like six or seven months after he wasn't with Taker anymore, but I, I'm just saying, like I, Paul Paul Bear, I think was one of the few managers that was usually on the road. Mm-hmm. I think more because him and the Undertaker was a gimmick together. If you think about yeah. it. Right, but, and then it, like you said, he's probably a producer, and it just kind of stuck. Yeah, I think he was probably an mm-hmm. agent at this time. Um, so this match is going on, and and it, it is what it is. Um, I did notice during the match, Bear's out there, and he's kind of like minding his own business. He's not doing a lot, but there's these two fat German kids, like these. They get like Dutch boy haircuts, and they're out there, and they're just giving fucking Paul Bear the business. Just giving him the fucking business. Just like, fuck you. I kind of have to wonder if some of these people fuck were planting the audience. Fuck you, Hair Bear. <laughs> fuck you, Hair Bear. Just giving him the fucking business. And Bear, like, just, he, he latches onto him, and, 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 and he, he looks like he's just having fun. He's like, I'm going to fuck with these kids. And he's giving it back to him, and these two little fucking 
Dutch boy fucking filming kids and Paul Bearer in 1997 just had this fucking thing. Because <laughs> he keeps going back to him. Like, he's like, shut up. Like, even when they're not saying anything, he's like, shut up. <clears throat> but anyway, um, that's the other reason that I think this was just very, basically a glorified television house show. Right. His managers don't typically work the crowd. Well, I mean, we got we got Honky Tonk Man on commentary. We, like you said, we got managers working the crowd. Honky Tonk Man's talking out of the way about German women. You know what I mean? This is meant to be on MSG. At like no, no, yeah, I was gonna say nobody gives a fuck about this show. Right. Vince McMahon. And, 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 and that's the other thing too. Like we talked about, it, it was bad, and and it was. But as I'm reading it and as I watched it, I was like, this isn't as bad as it's. It? It's bad, but it's comically good when you look at all the stupidness that goes on. Yeah. Um. But then it looks like Vader's going to actually win the match, but then Mankind gets involved and causes the DQ, so Rocky Maivea retains his Intercontinental Championship by DQ, and this kind of goes along with the storyline that they were going with with Vader and Mankind, that yeah... They're going into WrestleMania and they're gonna be the they're gonna be fighting for the tag team championships against Owen and Bulldog, but there's heat between them. They still hate each other, right? Um so you guys see anything on that? I think originally the plan was for them to face each other, wasn't it? Yeah, Mick yeah. Mick says he Mick says that he went to Vince and said that he wanted to fight Vader and it WrestleMania 13 is the most. It, it's my. It's one of my favorite WrestleManias, but it's the most convoluted change. So much got changed. Yeah. yeah, like nothing that they thought was going to be on the show was on. Like Ahmed and Farouk were just supposed to have a single street fight. Steve right. Austin was supposed to wrestle the British Bulldog originally, yeah, right? And, and all this shit just changed. Um, Sean was supposed to fight Brett. You know what I mean? Like everything. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And actually, actually, they were kicking around in creative meetings. Sean and Brett at WrestleMania. One of the things that was brought up was that they were that they were going to give. Obviously, this was for Brett. To, it was going to be for Brett to get his heat, his win back. Right. But they were pitching around stipulations, and the two that were pitched around the most were some kind of a like a loser leaves or something like that. Right. And another one that they seriously were considering was making it a hair match. Damn. So, I mean, Michaels. think about all the history that Wait, has changed because... Michaels now, but so it wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> My only other statement about this match we just talked about is I'm glad that Vader did not let Rocky Maivia go over completely and end up being a DQ because Lord knows Rocky Maivia never made a name for himself in this business. <laughs> Who'd that guy ever beat? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So after that, we get a recap of last week's Lawler ECW situation. And then Lawler on the phone talking about ECW and how it's with extremely crappy wrestling and this, that, and the other thing. And um, basically says that he'll challenge ECW to come back next week. Vince doesn't want it. And Corny or um, um, Waller's like, bring him on, bring him on. So apparently um, next week or whenever we record again, because we seem to be doing this show 
bi-weekly, which is fine. Like, everybody on here is bi. Cool. Hey. <laughs> hey. We're down with being bi. We're cool. I'm joking. Um, but the next week that we record this show, it's going to be another ECW WWF situation. So Lawler challenges um, Polly to show up. We'll find out if ECW does. I always found it weird that Jerry Lawler called long distance to Germany to travel to challenge Paul Heyman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> long distance charges apply. Like, How do you speak yeah. to Vince McMahon? <laughs> they they uh, they denied his one eight hundred collect call. Right, right. It's he like it's a goddamn sponsor. Long. Bought a calling card. <laughs> so after the Jerry Lawler one eight hundred collect call, we Vince get- is like, "You should have used ten ten two twenty. After that, we get a match between the Sultan and Flash Funk. So that happened. <laughs> uh, the Fox big two versus two cold. Um. The biggest thing coming out of this match is, and it wasn't a bad match. I'm not knocking the guys. I mean, it's fucking Rocky. Rocky, she for a big motherfucker. That dude could work. You know what I mean? I've never watched a Rocky match. He's top ten. He, no, he's easily he's top ten big men in the history. Yeah. Definitely. And, 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 and I'm not even saying like, oh, Rocky, she. That's just what he's best known as. Nobody had a that or whatever. So, like Fatu, Rakishi, Salt, and whatever you call it, fucking talent. Badass some bitch in the ring, and Flash Funk. We've all talked about Two Cold Scorpio being fucking fantastic. These guys actually have a pretty goddamn good match, but nothing going on in this match is about their match. Um, During the match, we get the first commercial for what we were talking about earlier. That's coming up next week. We get the first commercial for Raw is War. So on March 3rd, 1997, none of us had a fucking clue what Raw's War was. So we get the first glimpse of the WWF and watch next week. You're not going to believe what you see. And like I said, guys, we're in 1997 and we're going into the age group of the guys that's on the show right now. at that sixteen, changed everything. At what was it? This was what year? This was ninety-seven. At sixteen, you were fourteen. Nate was probably eighteen. We were blown away by this. Oh God! Oh my God! They're going. Oh war! Raw's war! When I rewatch it back now, though, when it first that when it first happened, I'm like, they changed the ring mats. That's <laughs> all I'm doing. <laughs> they went to two There's hours. A more to it. There's a little no, more. You know what I mean, though. Last week. You know what I mean, though. It, it, that's all. Like, okay, from eight to nine, it was Raw's on TV, and then from nine to ten, it was like, oh, Raw's War is on. Okay. Any anybody anybody that is uh, in their, I'd say twenties or thirties, their twenties, early thirties, whatever. Let's say. You, you, you take you take you take for granted what you have, right? As far as production value and and Titan Trons and all that kind of stuff right. now, because before that, and I you know I'm sure some of these younger guys have seen some of the older stuff, but before that, before that that Raw is where we'll talk about it. We'll get, really get into it next week. 
But I promise you this, none of us had ever seen anything like that before. And that was crazy shit to see oh, that yeah. big Titan Tron oh, yeah. and the pyro and the, I mean, all the stuff that was going on there. It was just and so, it, you cannot, you can't describe, you can't aptly describe it to somebody that no, doesn't live no, through it, how different it was. And Nate, we haven't gotten there on your show yet, have we? No, we're a couple no. months behind on Nate. We're a couple months behind you on Nate. And that's why I'm looking forward to getting into it on Nate's show because we can read the, um, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not, the behind the scenes. I'm sure there's fucking production notes and this, that, and the other thing going into it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyway, um, during this Sultan Flash Funk match, there's a lot of shit that happens, but it doesn't happen in the match. It's um, Polly calling. So we're supposed to believe that Paul Heyman had long distance. Had long distance. <laughs> That's his parents had long distance. Yeah, yeah. Like Paulie has paid the money to call Germany and say that he is accepting the um, challenge of Jerry Lawler. So Paul Heyman will be on Monday Night Raw next week. Does make for a good, good, uh, good um, segment. I will say that much. A cliffhanger, if you will. Right. So, out of that match, um, the ending of that match is um, two cold Scorpio or two cold Scorpio. Flash Funk misses a moonsault, and the Sultan ends up getting him to a camel clutch. And the Sultan wins via submission, basically. So that's the end of that. Um, unless you guys have anything else on that, we'll move on to the next thing. Go for it. Um, the next thing is Steve Austin. They're replaying, like, Steve Austin still nowhere to be found on camera <laughs> with um, being back in the States. So they're going to replay Steve Austin um, busting up the studios in 96. Like, this is what happened the last time. They're talking about the crew guy that was there. He was working for the WWF for a little bit, but he had to quit. Like, he quit because he had fucking PSTD or whatever about Steve Austin beating him up and this, that, and the other thing. And... Then we get a Sid Vicious or Sid Vicious, a Psycho Sid backstage interview, which is nonsensical. I tried to, I tried to write it down, and <laughs> God bless you. You tried just, to write down a Psycho. I was like, I'm not doing yeah. this. And then we um, go into Wait, another. Let me, let me guess. See, I'm the master and the ruler of the world. Somebody says, "Oh, Paul, wait, hold on." Yeah. He, he, what were they saying? Oh, yeah, I'm the master of the world. Bret Hart, you have have to bring that softball? Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Hold on. <laughs> let me just cut this promo. He said some <laughs> shit, and none of it made any sense, but it was still right. Sid, so it was right. and fun. It looked cool. <laughs> it was cool because it's right. Sid. Um, so Sid cuts his nonsensical promo, and then we go into another recap of Owen and Bulldog's miscommunication 
and then we get um, something that's even more um, hard to listen to than a Sid promo. It is an Ahmed Johnson promo. Oh, yeah. Mid-ring. And it's Ahmed Johnson cutting a promo, which nobody speaking the language that Ahmed Johnson can understand, speaking it. And then German Mr. Ernst <laughs> trying to... They, they uh, understood each other, actually. <laughs> yeah. So Ahmed's cutting his promo in, in English, quote-unquote. And German Mr. Ernst is trying to um, <laughs> speak to the German people what Ahmed is saying. So he's translating Ahmed Johnson English into German. I pity him. So bad. <laughs> It's like the worst game of telephone ever. Right? Yes. It was just really hard to watch. Um, so if you guys don't have anything else about the Ahmed Johnson German promo. Mm-mm. No? No, I'm good. So then we move into Mankind. Mick Foley actually cutting a promo in that German. That makes sense. Right. That makes sense. Like he's doing a promo in German in the Mankind voice. And it was cool as shit. I was like, I have no fucking idea what he just said, but it was fun. Mm-hmm. I remember and it, that. It, it fits his character perfectly. Because like, yes. you know, why wouldn't Mankind know how to speak German? Yeah. <laughs> like, fucking weird as shit. And it was awesome. So he's basically cutting a promo on Sid because the um, semi-main event of this show is WWF champion Sid Vicious defending against Mankind. It's a good brawl. And at the end of it, um, Psycho Sid ends up beating Mankind with a powerbomb. It just basically is Sid Vicious versus Cactus Jack match. It's, it, it, it's not terrible to watch. It was fun. So you guys see anything on that? No, uh, I, I think uh, I think Sid and Mankind put up a pretty good fight against each other. They worked well with one another. And it might have been one of the highlight matches of the show. Because the rest was basically just incoherent. It, was, it wasn't the highlight. The next thing is, that, well... The next match is the highlight. I just want to say something for the record. Mm-hmm. People shit on Sid Vicious too much. I agree. And here's why I, here's why I say that. Because, yeah, his promos were a little discombobulated, but that's oh, fine. That's, awesome. that's, yes, that's what I'm saying. But, like, you know, your dirt sheet elitists will shit on his promos and... But but he was psycho, so that's the point. That Vince right. McMahon saw that when he got the guy. That's why he made him psycho. It's like this yeah, guy right. babbles incoherently. He's a psycho. So nobody, nobody knew better than Vince McMahon what to do with fucking Sid Udy. True. 
It, 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 it and Nate, you can tell you, you know I hate this fucking guy. Nobody knew better than Vince McMahon what to do with Jim Helwig. Right. Same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And but but I was saying what I was kind of saying about like he gets shit on too much is in the ring with the right opponent. Sid wasn't even bad in the ring, you know. For for his size, he's not supposed to be doing hurricane runs and shit anyway. And, and it wasn't even like he. It's it, it. It was Sid. It didn't even need to be like some technical master because like right. I, I like Sting. You know what I mean? I'm a mm-hmm. Sting fan, but Sting's not a technical master. I mean, none of us can say we hate Sting or how do I say it? Like, like none of us can say, oh, if we say that Sting wasn't like the greatest wrestler in the world, because he wasn't. But Sting was a dynamic talent. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can watch Sting and Sid have a match and I enjoy it. Yep. Because they know how to work with each other and Mm -hmm. Sid or whoever was working with him knew how to use them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So anything else on that? Nope. Nope. All right. So we'll finish up um, German Raw German. And we, can we take a break after that? Sure. Okay. I don't want to go outside and smoke a cigarette. So um, the next thing we get after that is Steve Austin is finally... He's done pooping. He, he's done having a beer break, doing whatever he's doing, and he's in the studio. And um, this is the first announcement that um, Steve Austin and Bret Hart are going to be wrestling at WrestleMania 13, and it's going to be a submission match. And um, basically, Steve's talking shit about Bret Hart. And is saying that he might not know a lot of submission moves, but he does know how to um, kick the shit out of somebody and make him give up. And that's basically what I took from the promo is what Steve was saying was that I might not be able to get you in a sharpshooter, but I might be able to just stomp you into Bolivian and or Oblivion and have you give up. And I think they, I think they announced. He's talking about it being a submission match, but I think they announced it last week that it was going to be a submission match. Right. I believe. Or maybe on the superstars beforehand. The reason I say that is because one of my favorite Steve Austin stories is he talks about how he found out he was going to be in a submission match with Bret Hart by watching TV. Like mm-hmm. nobody nobody even told him that he was going to be in a submission match. <laughs> so that's basically the Steve promo is uh, the the – May like like I said, we're not watching superstars on this thing because mm-hmm. I ain't delving that deep into fucking YouTube. But um, Steve's basically saying that we got the submission match, and if he doesn't have a hold, he'll still beat the shit up Brett and make him make him say I quit. Um, I always questioned whether they wanted us to forget that he used the million dollar dream when he first came into the WWE here because he didn't know how to use that. And if I recall, Sonny Steve Austin used to use a half crab sometimes and a full Boston crab. So it's not like Steve Austin was dumb to submission wrestling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But they, they were trying to come off here like, I don't know any submission moves, but I'll just bound you into the ground. 
Okay, well, we know what you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the WWF, and they have their narrative, and you're just going right. to go with it. Right. So we get the, like I said, we got that Steve Austin promo about WrestleMania 13, and then we go into um, a match that I don't, I, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I've talked about it a little bit before. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show, but I'll talk to, I'll talk about it anybody, I'll talk to anybody that will listen to me about it. This is one of my favorite matches of all time, and it's Owen Hart versus the British Bulldog in the finals of the European Championship. And one of my notes is I always thought that the European Championship was honestly one of the coolest looking fucking belts ever. At that time, yes, I agree. Like, I I still feel it this way. I think the European title was a cool looking fucking belt. Mm-hmm. No, it was. And, it was. And, and I think it should have stuck around more than what it did. But or at least when they reactivated another belt with it after a while, they should have brought it back. I agree. But this fucking match is fantastic. And and, and we never really got like an Owen Bulldog feud. Right. So, so this is kind of like the closest thing you could get to it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is the closest we got to, like, an Owen-Bulldog just feud. And I think, honestly, an Owen-Bulldog feud would have been cool as shit. And then part of me is also, like, I like the fact that these guys are kind of annoyed by each other, but they're still cool with each other. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. Like, like, Owen and Bulldog are, like, with their characters, they're almost more brothers than Brett and Owen. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like like, kind of like, I'm not saying me and Nate have this type of thing, but like, Nate knows me better than anybody else, and he knows I'm this little fucking, like, I'll nip at people's fucking heels, and da 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 Like, like, I'll, ex- I'll explain it this way, like, Nate, if, if, if it was us, you'd be the bulldog, I'd be Owen. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, this little pesky motherfucker. Well, but that's the way they were trying to come off, though, is that Bulldog and Owen loved each other and they respected each other, but their personalities clashed and Bulldog might have taken Owen's head off because of it, or vice versa. But had someone else come along, a Steve Austin, uh, an Ahmed Johnson, who would have tried to go after Owen, Bulldog would have still been there to have his back. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's the, hey, it's my brother. I can say what I want about him. You can't say what you want about him in front of me. And and you know? explain it greatly. That was like the dynamic of that fucking team. Right. And like, I think they knew they couldn't do that with Brett and, and Owen. I think they realized they got away with it more with Owen and, and Bulldog. Because obviously Brett and Owen were always going to be in each other's throats no matter what. And, and at the end of this match, which it's fucking how many ever years ago... Um, Bulldog ends up winning, obviously, because it's the European title. But at the end of it, Owen is just like, yeah. Like, at first, he looks like he's going to hit him, but then he's just like, all right. You got (laughs) me. You beat me. You beat me. We're still the tag team champions. And I've still got two slammies. Two slammies. You know what I mean? I still have my two slammies. You got the belt. (laughs) We're cool now. We'll hold it up together. 
Right. But, I love but, that aspect of the I guess technically I guess technically by this point he doesn't have his two slammies. He doesn't have two slammies to WrestleMania. But anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah. But but I always loved that aspect of the feud is that whenever they would win a match, Owen would grab his tag title and the European title and mm-hmm. Bulldog would be looking around like going, Where's my belt? Come on, man, just give me my belt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's when <laughs> I beat you, give me my belt. But I love these guys together, whether they're teaming oh, yeah. whether they're wrestling each other. This match is a fucking classic. And like I said, I didn't take a lot of notes on it because if I would have taken notes on it, it would have been this would have been like a fucking. Oh, we could we could cover this whole match for one full episode. You don't have I agree. Um so that is how German Raw German ends with um Davy as the European champion and I will Make a statement before we take a break, and it it doesn't need to be elaborated on. You can either you guys can either just say yay or nay. Do you? Because I'll say yay. Do you guys think that Davy should have had a run at least for maybe four or six months as WWF champion? Yay. Yes, between sometime between sometime between when he came back in at SummerSlam of '94 and um, uh, early '96. Yes, I agree. I think it's important. I well, thank you guys. I think it why uh, Davy should have been champ at some point. Why he couldn't hold? I mean, you look at all the dumb transitional champions that we had. While Davy Boy was there, you know what I mean. I mean, uh, I'm not, and I don't mean look. Brett Austin holding the titles, Sean Undertaker, but in between there was a one month Sid reign. There was, you know what I mean. There were reigns mm-hmm. that didn't need to be out there, but it was because Sean got injured or something got changed. Why Bulldog couldn't be a champion for four to six months, like Aaron just said, or even for an entire calendar year? He was there every week. He put on a great match every week, and he was respected by everybody. Same goes with Owen, but Bulldog definitely deserved at least one run. Right. I agree. All right. All right. So German, Raw German is done. And um, Alveder Zane, German, Raw German. Alberta Zane, or whatever you said. We now move into Japan. We now move into Japan, WCW Japan. No, <laughs> no, no, no. We're moving to um, March 3rd, 1997, Nitro. So yeah. if you lived your life like we did back in the 90s, or as like I did, um, we watch Raw and we take Nitro. So mm-hmm. now we're going to go ahead and, because that was, the, how do I say this? Nate and I didn't grow up in a poor home, but we grew up in this is this is the most nineties thing economically I can say because I don't think you can say it now. Mm-hmm. Nate and I grew up in a lower middle class household. Okay, same here. Now you're just poor or you're rich. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like you're poor or you're rich. Like all of us, we're probably poor. If you <laughs> By today's standards, right. By today's standards, right. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but if you look at the spectrum, the spectrum of income, we're poor. Everybody else is rich. 
in 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 ninety seven, you could be lower mid class, lower. You know how I said it. Mm-hmm. Lower middle class. Lower middle class. Like you might not have a fucking you you might not have three cars, but you got a VCR that you right. can record two shows on. You know right. what I mean? Exactly. Well, we had that fucking VCR. So right. Rawls over now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the fucking I'm gonna push the fucking VHS tape in, and we're gonna rewind. We're gonna watch. We're gonna rewind. Hopefully, the tape doesn't snap. Right. And we're gonna watch WCW Nitro from March third, nineteen ninety seven. Yes. I have a question for you. Remember how right, I'm sure we all bought blank tapes to record Raw or Smack or Nitro. Yeah. But then we'd use we'd we'd get like a couple of good episodes, so we wouldn't want to reuse the same tape and double over what we already had. Did you ever learn the secret that if you put a piece of paper and tape over like a a, a, a rental of VHS tape, oh, you're you tape right. over it? It was like the best thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> toilet tissue in there? Yeah. Well, you were the nuts. Or when you or when you when you moved up in the world and you got you got two VCRs. So then when you when you went to video connection and rented the King of the Ring or something, right, then you, right. you taped it, you stole it from him, right, <laughs> you taped right. it so you didn't have to you rent it again. Yep. I'm, yeah, I was right. just I just ha- I have a stack of my old VHSs on this on this thing right here that that's what made me think of it because I've got King of the Ring 93 and Rumble Rumble 94 and I probably, you know, <laughs> stole those from or yeah. rented them from the video like, store. I, I, like you're looking at the you're looking at the shelf and you're like, you know what? I never in my entire life need to watch Harry and the Hendersons again. Right. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put this this little small piece of fucking toilet tissue in my mouth. Get it wet. And then put some scotch tape over it. Yep. And then Harry and the Hendersons is now wrestling. <laughs> Becomes Nitro from March third, nineteen ninety seven. Not to not to, not to drag things out too long, but one of my favorite recent memes that I saw it shows a bunch of VHS tapes, and it says this was our WWE network, right, and our Pornhub. Yeah, exactly. Right, well, Could, be porn? Could be porn. Could be wrestling. <laughs> Could be Billy's graduation. You don't know. Three months ago, I'm at a buddy of mine's house to pick him up. We're going to watch a football, some kind of football game or something at a bar. And his wife chucks a VHS tape into my lap. And on the label, it reads, WWE, WCW, big events. I'm like, hey, that's my handwriting. She's like, yes, it is, Mr. Mitchell. I'm like, okay, so what's on here? Raw, Nitro, WrestleMania? It's like, well, the first 20 minutes is Monday Night Raw. I'm like, oh, God. She's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's there's porn on here, isn't it? She's like, yes, there is. Yes, there is. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have a VCR in the house still, do you? The children do in their room. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. She's like, the kids wanted to watch wrestling. They put this on. And thank God your buddy walked in the room. And he knew exactly when wrestling ended. He hit the stop button and threw the tape. <laughs> like, 
can you take this back and destroy it? She's like, no, I want you to take it home with you and frame it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing with it. It's a keepsake. Yeah. It was ridiculous. So like you said, this is our WWE. This is our <laughs> we had both. So go ahead, Aaron. Let's into WCW Monday Nitro. All right. WCW Monday Nitro 3-3-1997. Raw was in Germany. These guys were in the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. All right. So, to it's open- Georgia, Nitro, Georgia. Georgia, Nitro, Georgia. So the NWO, they show up <laughs> with their Hummer limo, which their Hummer limo is stupid. And it's not because as it's not because they're in a Hummer limo, but and I understand what they're doing because they have this they, they have this Hummer limo driving around, okay, and, and and it's it's basically a it's basically a driving billboard. Does that does that make mm-hmm. sense? Right. Well, if they're trying to promote their show, that's a good idea. You know, you drive around. You got this fucking elaborate car. The NWO's in it, but it just says like they're they're driving around in a car that says WCW Nitro. Right. Right. Why are driving? Why are they arriving in this? Right. Shouldn't the horseman be in that car? Yeah. But anyway, they they show up in that they show up in that Hummer limo, and um. Shivani and Zabisco are talking about how this 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 limo shows up and the NWO gets out of it, and it's like Hogan and Nash and Hall, just the entire NWO. They all plow out of it, and then another limo pulls up behind, and they're like, "Who's in that limo?" And it's Harvey Schiller. So Harvey Schiller's here now, Doctor Harvey Schiller, Doctor Harvey. Yeah, well. never knew what he was a doctor of, but he was the doctor. He was Doctor Harvey Schiller, doctor of des- the doctor of desire. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Thugonomics. Thugonomics, right? Desire, Thugonomics. Do you know what my favorite Harvey Schiller thing is? What? He's on the rise and fall. Uh, actually, Harvey Schiller honestly is a smart dude. Okay, like like I've listened to like interviews with him and read shit about him and everything. This, he's a smart dude, okay? But he's on um, the WCW Rise and Fall DVD. And he's like, it's like we were in WCW. He's like, we were trying to, trying to market something. And we wanted to have the Spam Man. And he's talking oh, about God. the Spam Man. And, and this is what made him realize, like, eh, I don't know about this. He's like, we wanted to have the spam man, and he was gonna he he was gonna market WCW with spam, and the spam people were like, no, we're good. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, wait a minute, we're too lowbrow for spam. <laughs> and I just thought it was funny. Who was anyway, gonna be the one? Who was gonna be the one in the ads? Prince Ikea? Uh, you know, no sense. Anyway, I just I like I like listening to Harvey Schiller talk about like the um, not so much the wrestling side of it, 
but the executive side of it. Right. Like, like I think that dude was really smart. But anyway, um, NWO shows up in the WCW Hummer, which is, like I said, stupid. Then Harvey Schiller shows up, and uh, Shivani's talking about those guys, and Nitro rolls into their first match, which is actually something that I will um, give sometimes Nitro over Raw. They would open with, instead of opening with like a promo, they'd open with a match. You know what I mean? So, like, I thought that was cooler on WCW that it wasn't like, oh, here's this guy for a promo. It's like, no, welcome to Nitro. Boom, match. Right. I I feel like that's in today's wrestling. I'd rather them go boom, like, into a match that I know is coming up rather than let's do 20 minutes of Triple H talking in the middle. 20 minutes fucking soliloquy, you know? You know? But the match they opened with sucked. And it's um, Conan versus Conan and Hugh Morris versus Jeff Jarrett and Steve McMichael. And I, oh, invoked, I invoked the rule that I made, the Jarrett Mongo rule. Uh, they're teaming. I'm not going to watch it because I know it's going to fucking happen. And I fast forwarded to the end. And it was what I knew it would be. Fucking Jarrett screwing over Mongo. And Hugh Morris and Conan win. And yep. the post match is um, the horsemen in the ring having more back and forth shit. So it's the weekend, week out, goddamn. And it's not Jarrett. over. You're at the beginning. This is just the beginning of this misery that is Jeff Jarrett and Mongo as horsemen. <laughs> so this shit is fucking tedious. So, like I said, it's more of the horsemen all just bitching at each other because of Mongo and Jarrett, which, why wouldn't, like, if it was me, like, if it was the three of us, and there's these two guys that are just at each other's throats, like, like, if this, oh, the We Can't Wrestle podcast, okay, all three of us get along, and there's these two guys that are just fucking up our show every week. Just fucking it up. All three of us would be like, "Look here, look here, Majewski and Gold, get out of here! Get out of here! We don't have time for you anymore. I don't care if your fucking legs work. Get the fuck out!" (laughs) But anyway, see, that was the stupidity of the story, though. Flair loved Jarrett and thought he was the the next big thing, and and everybody loved. Look, Mongo had more of a reason to be a horseman than Jarrett did. But then whenever the two of them would, like you said, Jared or Mongo would screw the other one over, when they got to promo time, they would go, and Chris Benoit isn't even here because he's obsessed with women. One of them not being there have to do with you two having the worst match on the card and screwing each other over again. You know, they were just placing blame. Exactly. So the whole thing sucked. I agree. Um, so unless you guys have anything <laughs> else that boring ass shit. Uh, we're going to roll into some more boring-ass shit. It is Diamond Dallas Page versus Ric Fuller. Ooh. And it's a super basic match. Um, DDP ends up um, winning with the Diamond Cutter, and he's talking about the NWO post-match and kind of talking about Randy Savage a little bit. <laughs> About how now Savage 
Um, previously, we had talked about on the pay-per-view that Randy Savage went NWO, and um, that's the gist of that. And so basically, Savage is um, saying that Randy Savage turned his back on WCW and went NWO, and he right. doesn't agree with it. Um, right. This, this, I've I've talked about DDP negatively a lot. Um, like I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think Dallas Page is a shitty dude or anything like that. When I when I talk negative negatively about DDP, it's more about how I just I when I watch him wrestle or his career or whatever, I don't enjoy it. But this. DDP Randy Savage shit that we're getting into is the most in- entertaining the DDP ever was. Well, yep. um, it, it was a really good feud. It was really well put together. So, I mean, I'm a DDP fan. Not a huge fan, but I mean, I enjoyed his body of work. So I could say that, you know, this was, they both really did a great job in putting each other over in the feud. Nate, you got anything on DDP sprinkling the the dust for his feud with Randy Savage that we're getting ready to go into? The Randy Savage feud is the best thing in DDP's career. Yeah. I mean, other than other than I mean, I respect the guy for what he does. Well, now. Now Kimberly. I'll give him that. No, I mean I res- <laughs> I respect him for what he does now, helping people improve their lives and helping get guys cleaned up and you know, I mean, I, I respect that, but as far as his wrestling career goes, the Randy Savage feud was the best thing he ever did. Come on now, the stalker feud with the Undertaker was awesome. <laughs> Said nobody ever. Make me um, famous. So we're like I said, we're sprinkling the seeds for the DDP Randy Savage feud. The next match um, is Ray Mendoza Jr. They're still putting Viano 4 out there without a mask. <laughs> Versus Uventud Guerrera. And it is a decent match. Uvi ends up winning with the 450 splash. And I know we were talking about Chad earlier. We were talking about him off, um, off show. But he brought something up one day when I was talking to him about Uvi that I never noticed until Chad, who is an obvious worker and none of us are. Uvi never hit the goddamn 450. Like, like Chad Chad told me he was like, I'd never take a 450 for moving to Carrera. Ever. Like, he's like, if I was working with that guy, like, like not saying he worked with him, but he's like, if Ubi told me, then I'm going to hit you with the 450. He was like, I've never seen you hit that properly on Sunday. Ever. Right. And he's not lying. And talked about Ubi being a sloppy worker and shit. And I watched. I'm like, he's right. Like, every time he hits that fucking 450, it's never, like, right on somebody's chest. He's either, like, slamming his knees into somebody's fucking face or Elbows, like, right? Ubi's super sloppy. And what I never understood about him is he would always pull his opponent into the ring, into the corner closer to go for it. 
when if he would have let them be a little further in the ring, he might have been able to land it perfectly. He would he would let them be too close to the turnbuckle and things that he thought he would was going to hurt himself. So he would you know, which would end up with his knees in somebody's face. It was never a four fifty. Right. Flash. It was a four fifty knee drop. So. So this match, it's it, it was like I said, it was a decent match going into it. Uvi ends up hitting the four fifty. Like I said he hits it. He hits it improperly. And Uvi's the winner. I don't think there's a lot to say about the Ray Mendoza Uvi match. Correct? No. All right. So the next thing we get is Shivani. I don't even remember what Shivani was trying to talk about. But Kevin Sullivan, Jimmy Hart, and Kevin Sullivan's boo, Jackie, come out and interrupt the broadcast. They cut a promo about how they're the last people standing out of the match we saw with um, Benoit. Um, the strap match. Basically, they're talking about how they're the last people standing out of that strap match with Benoit and Woman versus um, Ian Sullivan. And I'm not even making a joke about, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm talking like we're in the moment. In the moment. Um. So they cut this promo, and basically, they're talking about how they're the stronger fucking um, couple, and they're too legit to quit. Oh God. Yes. So I think it's super funny that Kevin Sullivan's now hooked up with this black chick and it's like four years later that he's learned what too legit to quit means. He's yeah, like see, on Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> but see, it's Jackie says it and then you get these two overly white people of Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan go, yeah, we're too legit to quit, baby. And you go, Jesus Christ, stop him. You're ruining it. <laughs> like... I'm waiting for Kevin Sullivan to be like, um, in 1998, I'm going to be on a fantastic voyage to the world championship. <laughs> I ain't humping around. <laughs> then that's my prerogative. That's right. my prerogative. <laughs> this is how we do it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No diggity, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> the promoter's taking all my money. I don't have no loot. <laughs> but anyway, um, talking about loot, going out of this Kevin Sullivan, um, Jackie, Jimmy Hart um, promo, we go into a commercial and I think I asked Nate this once, and I don't know if I asked Archie this. Okay. Archie, it's 1997, okay? Mm-hmm. And you see Ted DiBiase and Six on your television, and they are wanting to sell you an NWO denim jacket. Mm-hmm. An NWO airbrushed denim jacket what would be the highest price in 19 not now 1997 that you would be willing to pay for an nwo airbrushed 
denim jacket. 16 years old. I guess $49.99. $49.99? Yeah. That's your that that's your highest price. I'm all in. Right. I'm all, all in forty nine ninety nine. Forty nine ninety nine. Right. In nineteen ninety seven, um Ted DiBiase and Sean Waltman were asking eighty dollars oh, for this low priced airbrushed NWO <laughs> denim jacket. Here's 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 something though that you could look at. We used to see the fans in the arena. No one was ever wearing that denim jacket, so that means it didn't sell very well. That's what I'm saying. Eighty dollars, <laughs> fucking goddamn thing. So after the eighty-nine or the eighty-dollar denim NWO jacket, we get Dean Malenko once again versus Mike Enos. I feel like we've reviewed this match before. <laughs> I think it's this is the second time. Yes, which I'm not mad about. No. Um, the match is Mike Enos versus Nate's clicking away at something. Where are you clicking away at? Don't worry about it. Just keep on going. I'm listening. Mike Enos versus I know what Nate's doing. Um, Dean Malenko gets in the ring um, and starts kicking the shit out of Mike Enos. Right. And they're talking about how um, quick he went into it. And Dean usually doesn't doesn't really fire up this much so quick. And the reason is, is because he's frustrated about losing the cruiserweight championship. Dean Malenko ends up beating uh, Mike Enos with a, with a small package. And then Dean Malenko once again, cuts a promo about Eddie Guerrero. Um, and how, if you guys think Eddie Guerrero is this great guy, look into his past. Right. Eddie Guerrero is a piece of shit is basically what he's getting at. Right. And that's the end of that. Dominic is Eddie's. Dominic is Eddie's. Right? Don't let anybody tell you any different. Just so you know, from 1997 to 2022, I know that in 2022 dollars, that airbrushed NWO denim jacket would be $140. I knew that's what you were looking up. I knew that's what you were looking up. Fucking hell. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, a collector of like rare clothing would probably pay upwards of two to three hundred dollars for that denim jacket jacket yes. right out of putting their collection. Yes. If somebody would pay that, it would break my achy breaky heart. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so Dean is pissed off about, like I said, he's pissed off about Eddie Guerrero, and he's mad because people are saying basically the storyline of this thing is the commentators are saying that Dean's always been kind of like cold-hearted and an asshole. Right. And Dean is trying to like bring up past shit from Eddie. Right. Which I think is kind of cool because they're not mentioning it, but they're somewhat hinting towards him being like a heel in Mexico. Right. And, and which... Dean's, not, Dean's not talking about it like on on like on the mic, but they're it was kind of cool because um, I don't get too much into it, but but it was cool because they were having Mike Tanay kind of talk about the shitty things that Eddie did in Mexico. You know, right. does that make right. you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, oh well, him and Art mm-hmm. Law did this, and he was 
they were the I, I don't know the Mexican term like the the Rudos the, the Rudos down there or whatever. Like it was kind of like a little cool thing. Yeah, it was a, it was a behind the look of a behind the curtain look at Eddie's past, not just in WCW, but what I always found myself asking myself because I knew Eddie and Dean had a past in ECW because they had like four great matches in ECW before either one was signed to WCW. Did they ever have a match in Mexico or anywhere else before then? I don't like, did they have so. a history? Their history started in ECW for the TV title, right? I believe so. Yeah, I think they. I could yeah, be, maybe in Japan. I was going to say Japan, and I think I I know that I know they had shit in Japan because I've watched it, and I think they might also had some shit in Germany, but I I, I don't I don't know a lot. Of, I don't want to say. Any if I if I'm wrong, whatever. But I don't know a lot about. I've never heard a lot about a lot about Dean ever going to like Mexico, but I know Dean and Eddie had shit in Germany and and Japan. Mm-hmm. When Eddie was Black Tiger, yeah. According to Google, their first match ever was in ECW. They never had an encounter outside of the states or in any other company. Well, all right then. Well, well, I understand the match thing. I'm talking about them. No, no, I like that Dean dug into Eddie's past. I mean, I understood that part. I thought you were wondering. I thought you meant them being like buddies. No, I always, I always wondered back then before we actually had the Google machine and being able to look things up as easy as it was was just now. Was did they have a past where maybe Eddie did something so horrible to Dean? That now he's sitting out there going, but you don't understand. Eddie was a heel, man. Eddie, Eddie blinded me. Eddie took my wife. Eddie, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was just Dean saying, "I know mm-hmm. about Eddie's past from digging into his past." Yeah. You know. So. All right. So you guys got anything else on Mike Enos versus Dean Malenko? Nope. Just that you said that Mike Enos had a small package, and we don't know that for sure. <laughs> Ask Wayne Bloom, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> um, for the genius. For the genius. <laughs> Lanny probably knew, yeah. My, oh, man. You brought that up. And it just makes me think about fucking. Girl Monsoon. Girl Monsoon. I don't want that guy backing me up. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> anyway. I know that's not the exact quote, but it's so funny because me because fucking Monsoon made a gay joke about fucking Lenny Paco. But anyway, the next thing is actually fun. Eric Bischoff is being um, interviewed by Mean Gene on the ramp, and Bischoff is talking about being like untouchable on this, that, and the other thing. I'm the man around here. I'm running the NWO and the WCW. Nobody can touch me. And out comes Harvey Schiller. And Bischoff is like, Harvey Schiller, what? (laughs) And Schiller talks about how he's the president of WCW and talks about all the shitty things that Eric Bischoff has been doing 
with firing referees and switching titles and doing this, that, and the other thing. And he was letting it go, but it's gotten out of control. And now he's done with it. And Bischoff, you're done. And Bischoff's like, what? You can't fire me. And he's like, yes, I can. He's like, I don't even want you to poop in a fucking WCW bathroom. Like, if I hear you're pissing or pooping in a fucking bathroom, I'm going to kick you out. So Bischoff is done. That's the story of this. And and this was really good. And, and I'm going to dissect it later on. Like, this was actually a really good fucking segment of a show. I don't know if you guys remember watching this. When mm-hmm. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. But the crowd was into it. Yep. And it, it was fucking good. Gene did a good job. Mean Gene did a good job. In it. Harvey Schiller. Harvey I've Schiller. never been on television a day in his life. Did a got a better pop. Got a better pop than most of the people on the damn roster. <laughs> Harvey and he Schiller. also he also dwarfed Mean Gene and Bischoff by like a foot and a half. Yeah. yeah. Like he was this a big, big son fucker, of a bitch. This big Navy fucking... I don't know if he's in the Navy or Marine or whatever, but Schiller Schiller had right. service. Right. It's like looking down at Bischoff and just being like, God, yeah. yeah, you know. And Bischoff, I know like I know some people don't like him for whatever. I, I actually played like, perfectly. I actually like Eric Bischoff. He I mean, played it perfectly. I, I like him. I like him as a like listen to him and talk. I think he's like a cool dude. And, and he played a great fucking character, and he did a good job in this. Like this whole segment was really fucking good. Agreed. And I'm gonna kind of poke a hole in it later on. So I like this whole thing. Bischoff ran away. Zabisco and Shivani were ha 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 in it, happy about it. Bischoff's been emasculated, put out of his position with WCW, and. That for a little bit should be the last we see of him. Should be for a little bit, <laughs> at least for this episode, right? So now we're gonna roll into hour number two. Unless you guys have anything to say about that, nope. did the fireworks go off to to tell us it was hour number two? Hour number two. Uh, I always well, loved when there was a, there was a match was going like, on. There he goes. During the fireworks, <laughs> I always loved when there would be like a big match. It would be like Benoit versus Ming, and then the fireworks would go off in the middle of the ring, and everybody would just look around and go, "What the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing here?" <laughs> so the hour number two starts, and it is Ultimo Dragon versus Eddie Guerrero. Banger! It's a banger match. Ultimo, Eddie, um, the winner is Eddie Guerrero. And at the end of the, at the end of the match, um, Ultimo Dragon had his feet on the ropes, but Eddie Guerrero grabbed the foot before the ref could basically Eddie won the match. He went a little underhanded to get the win, but he went a little underhanded because um, Ultimo got his foot and Eddie scooped it before the ref could see it. And one, one, two, three. Mean Gene tries to interview Eddie Guerrero 
and Dean Malenko interrupts and is like saying like, Hey, look what I told you. Eddie's a piece of shit. He's cheating. And Eddie and Dean kind of like, are you off into the distance? Mm -hmm. Um, but it actually is a pretty good match. It is. And Nate's favorite manager, Sonny Ono's out there. I, I didn't know you were a Sonny Ono guy, Nate. Super Sonny Ono fan, Nate is. Um, so, you guys see anything on that? Nope. Nope. All right. This one, I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about. I know for a fact... This could be like a. This is gonna wind up being like a forty-minute discussion. If it's not Alex Wright versus Glacier, I'm gonna be very upset. No, it's not that. It's better. Oh, it, okay. it is Michael Wall Street versus Scotty Riggs. Pass. <laughs> you say forty minute or forty second? Right. Right. Well, yeah, you guys didn't let me finish. It's just Michael Wall Street Scotty Riggs match, and guess who gets involved? Big Bubba. Buff, Buff Bagwell. Buff Bagwell, yeah. yeah he, he, he attacks Scotty Riggs. Put him all in one segment. Get it out of the way. Buff. Right. And then it's a DQ. <clears throat> Buff Bagwell attacks Scotty Riggs because this fucking feud's still going on. How Scotty Riggs never just went off and beat the hell out of Buff is beyond me. You know, he kept his composure in this feud. This is just trash. <laughs> it really is. It. Well, it's been 39 um, minutes. Should we go another minute and a half? Mm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this show um, is just dropping off, guys. I'm telling you, this nitro just falls off. Um, Lee Marshall is now on with his road report. Of course. And he's talking about how next week we're not only getting um, – um, Rolls War next week. We're getting um, Nitro at Club La Vila, so that's happening. Oh, yes, Spring Breakout. We're getting Spring Breakout. We're getting the first Spring Breakout. And um, Lee Marshall says that Club La Vila says that if Bobby, he basically says if Bobby Heenan shows up in a thong, they're going to shut it down. <laughs> he doesn't even. And Bobby's like, "What did I do?" Like he doesn't make a weasel joke. He's just like if Bobby shows up in a thong, they're gonna shut it down. <laughs> it's the first time that Lee Marshall legitimately made me laugh. Right. <laughs> like, we'll just shut the entire club down. We're done. No more business. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's funny. And it's the last good thing that happens. <laughs> because guess what we're going into next? Glacier versus Alex Wright? <laughs> no. Damn it. If you guys know, we're going into WCW Uncensored. Okay, which okay. is never a good thing to say. We're going into WCW Uncensored. <laughs> Never a good thing. But we're going into WCW Uncensored with, at this point, Team WCW, Team MWO, and Team Piper. Right. We don't know who's on Team Piper just yet. 
And we never, we never really do because who? No, knows but who at they least are. we get well, well, we get a look at them, but then it all changes. Yes, because because WCW realized we can't put this on pay per view. Nobody wants to see John Tenta shaved, a guy who looked like Rick Fuller but was not Rick Fuller, and another guy in kilts with Roddy Piper. I like how, I love your apt description of the third guy and another guy. Well, I think he was like Roddy Piper's hand. hand. He would come with him to carry his bags and things like that because he showed up like four or five times. Yeah, he was Roddy Piper's metal maniac. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this crowd in the Omni that is wanting to... I, I, I watched this... Okay, and I made notes. So Roddy Piper comes out um, to either accept or not accept the uncensored invite. Right. Um, and um, it, it just becomes the worst thing ever. Um, the first guy, he comes out. Like, basically, Piper is auditioning people. Right. Be on his team. Okay. So, first guy, as he comes out, kid yells, Who the hell are you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's a child in the crowd. Right. Like, he has a child loud enough, voice. Loud enough to be heard. Who the hell <laughs> are you? <laughs> Right. Piper taps him. Piper taps him out. The next guy. Do you know who the next guy was, Nate? Honestly, do you know who the next guy was? No. The guy who looked like Rick Fuller. It was Luther Reigns. Is that Luther Reigns with a a perm? No, no. Perm guy ain't up yet. This is when Luther Reigns, right before he came in there as Horseshoe, because remember, we used to talk about how you saw Luther Reigns in the crowd in fucking mm-hmm. 98 Starcade. Yeah. Luther Reigns is out here. He hasn't have a name yet, but he's got a sh- fucking pair of Daisy Dukes. So we get Luther Reigns and Daisy Dukes, and he gets choked out. The next guy is... I have no idea who this guy is. He's perm fucker. I don't know. <laughs> he looked like he looked like Rick Fuller, but it wasn't. And it was like, why do you have another Rick Fuller on hand? And he's wearing tiny red shorts. Yep. And um he gets he gets punched and he's knocked out. Um because tiny, loves him. tiny shorts gets knocked out. <laughs> and then some ugly fucker comes out and he knows Kung Fu. So now Roddy Piper and Ugly Fucker are doing Kung Fu and Piper knocks him out and then all of a sudden John Tenta shows up. Right. For no reason. Here's John Tenta. I wasn't sure if it was Archie or John Tenta. It was John Tenta. Thank you. Very funny. (laughs) You're welcome, buddy. Very funny. If Chad was here, he would have made that joke. So memory is... Don't keep struggling the fire between me and Chad. I'll, I'll just take his <laughs> ass out in trivia. <laughs> so then Tenta comes out and 
they kind of roll around, they do whatever. And Piper decides that, um, I put check marks by people that he picked. He picked Tiny Shorts, Ugly Fucker, and John Tenta. <laughs> and that's his team. And this is honestly the worst goddamn televised wrestling segment I've ever seen in my entire I believe life. the crowd checked out after about 10 minutes because it just went for I about 30. I believe they checked out when that kid said, who the hell are you? <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Right, like, adults were like, yeah, that kid's this, right. Who the hell are you? I, I've watched things. Like, I, like, I'm not a huge wrestling fan, like current wrestling fan now, but re-watching this, this is the worst goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life. It was bad. It, it took an in, it took an entire crowd that was into everything they were seeing. They were even to, they were even into Michael Wall Street versus Scotty Riggs right. with Buff Bagwell getting involved. <laughs> and they reacted to it. They reacted to it. And this thing and this I, thing was just like, what the fuck is this? I don't know which is which, but um, other than Tenta and Horseshoe in this segment, the other two guys were Leighton Morrison, a kickboxer, mm-hmm. and Craig Malley, a boxer. I don't know who was Perm Guy, but Craig, Craig, Malley, boxer. Craig, Craig Malley would have been Probably red uh, shorts, curly Perm Head Guy. Well, yeah, whatever. I hope they're both dead. <laughs> the reason I know is because the guy that is the, that you said Nate knows kickboxing or, or karate is the guy that used to be with Roddy Piper wherever he went. He was in like five other segments with Piper throughout his WCW tenure. Like, this thing so, made me mad. It gets worse, though. Wait till you get the Club Lavilla next week. Oh, I know. And, I'm, and <laughs> I got some funny shit about that. Oh, yeah. Because... This is why sometimes I get lost in my notes because, like, you have other stuff waiting, right? I just start watching and I'm like writing shit down. I'm like, oh man, I gotta remember what I wrote down three weeks ago. But I remember this like it fucking happened yesterday. This is like a rape. Thank God it didn't happen yesterday. This is like if, like, when people can recount a rape, I don't know what happened when it happened. This is a fucking rape. Oh God. I know, I know what time it was. What, what I, was, I don't understand is, and I get it, Piper probably had it scripted that he, in, in his, in his uh, contract that he had creative control. But when he ran this by them, he was going to be taking 30 minutes to pick a team and pick three of, like, the worst people he could have picked. Sorry, John Tenta, but it was pretty bad pick. He was like, yeah, Rowdy, go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's gold, Rowdy, gold. And there's the problem with creative control, everybody. Yes. Can't imagine Hogan was on board. Yeah, like, Roddy, I love it. Yes, do this, brother. So then after this happened, guess who had to follow this? Who? Rey Mysterio and Mr. JL. Hmm. Poor Mr. JL. <laughs> like, these guys had to go out and um I'm not I'm not saying this usually if you're like oh Jerry Lynn's gonna wrestle Rey Mysterio 
You're all for it. Fantastic. Right. If if I'm too talented fucking wrestlers, and then I'm like, we gotta go out to this crowd now. (laughs) (laughs) Mad. You know what I mean? Like like sometimes I think it I sometimes I think it's worse following something bad than going ahead of something bad. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, because the steam's out of the sails, or the wind's yeah. out of the sails. Is yeah, what it's, like, it's like th- this crowd is pissed <clears> now. <throat> so no matter group. what we do, we can go the out there and bust our asses now, and they're just going to be like, we're done. The only thing that might have popped this crowd is if Hogan would have came out and said, I'll put the title on the line against anybody. Sting would have came down from the Raptors, DDT Hogan, and won the belt. I think that is the only thing that would have popped this crowd after that. <laughs> but no. And even then, they still might have been like, eh, it's a little too late. But no, Ray and Jerry Lynn have to go out after this. Right. Um, it's actually a really good match. Surprise, surprise. And Ray ends up winning with a West Coast pop. Um, there's not really a lot to say about the match. unless you I don't, guys- JL, I don't think JL ever won a match in WCW. I don't think so either. I think he beat Sabu. Maybe, yeah. Sabu hit him with Got himself disqualified. Um, then Medusa, she cuts a shitty promo. I like Medusa, okay? As as a worker and as a per like when I hear her talk and like shoot interviews and shit as a person and everything. But Babyface Medusa, one of the worst fucking promos. Oh ever. yeah. Oh yeah. Terrible. Just terrible. And she's cutting a promo about how she should be the WCW Women's Champion. And they're trying to bring up this fucking WCW Women's Championship that we haven't heard about since like 96. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, she's talking about, I'm the Women's Champion. I'm the number one contender. It's like, I forgot this fucking thing even existed. (laughs) You threw it in that fucking Dixie Cup or whatever you did in like 95. (laughs) Um, but she should be the woman's champion. She brings up Luna Vashon out of nowhere. Like, and Luna Vashon's back there, and then all of a sudden Luna Vashon shows up and attacks her. Like, what the fuck? This is out of the blue. And and Luna all of a sudden had boobs. I don't know what happened there. It happens. (laughs) (laughs) Too much pizza and Cardio, I, I got it. <laughs> boobs, boobs, boobs happen. <laughs> boobs happen. <laughs> I like that. That's the name of the show. <laughs> you know that was boobs happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, no, she called out Luna Vachana. Luna was not the women's champion. Akira Hokuto was the champion. Yeah, so, so I don't know what's going on here. Is this all of a sudden the woman's belt's back, and then um, that happens, and that's the end of that segment. Much like boobs, it's all up in your face. Nate, <laughs> <laughs> you know what he's reminded me of? Forrest Gump when he steps when the puddle my butt hits him in the face and he steps in shit. The guy's like, "Dude, you just stepped in a pile of shit." Like, yeah, yeah it happens. Happens. <laughs> so after that, the NWO shows up. 
and they're coming out, and Sting is behind them because remember, previously Sting was with Randy Savage. He joined the MDO. And Sting isn't like happy go lucky. He's just trailing. Like if the NWO is four steps ahead, Sting is like four behind them. Right. But it's given the implications or whatever that Sting's with the NWO. And this is where I said that the I was talking about where the Schiller Bischoff shit was cool. I think this is where Bischoff fucked up. Because he still comes out with the NWO. Right. Like, Bischoff, I'm not saying, like, you know, two months or whatever. Bischoff, for at least two weeks, should have taken himself off of TV. Mm -hmm. I agree. And it should have been, like, Bischoff trying to figure out off camera, how can I get back on? And it should have been, like, some intriguing thing with Shivani being like, oh, the NWO's out here now. Without, without Bischoff, and not even saying Bischoff isn't controlling it, but like, ha, like have DiBiase be the mouthpiece for like two weeks, right? And, and like have him on, like, oh, he's on a cellular phone in a limo listening to Bischoff. Bischoff's like, I can't even get in the fucking building. You right. know, I've been, I've been fucking jerking the the strings for all this time, and now they won't even like. You could even how do I say it? Like, even if you want to still, like, if Bischoff even still wants to have himself on camera, like, have him try to go to, like, CNN and, and scan his card and he can't get in. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, shit. Like, now I can't even get, I can't even get into the ground level of it. And then have him be on the fucking phone with, with DiBiase or, or whoever. Like, right. I thought that was what kind of killed it by just. <clears throat> Fucking seven segments ago, you're not even allowed, and you're not even allowed to take a piss in the fucking executive bathroom. But you can still come out in front of right, right. He should have not been like I. I I agree with what you're saying. What should have he when he finally came back? He should have took a couple weeks off and then came back and went. You know, Harvey Schiller said I couldn't be here because I'm not a part of WCW anymore. But he never said I couldn't be here with the NWO. Yeah. But make it look like it took him two weeks to realize that was even a thing. Yeah, and that's, you know? that's what I'm getting at. And and you could even do it as saying like, um, like I couldn't be part of WCW, and now I can't get in the executive offices. But Hogan is in the NWO, but Hogan still has a Turner contract, right? So I'm not. With WCW, I'm running an NWO, and Hogan is a. You know what I mean? Like there was a lot of things they could have done where Bischoff should have been gone for a while, and they didn't do that. That's where I was like, eh, it kind of shot that whole Schiller thing in the foot, right? Um, but anyway, these guys all come out, and Hogan and Savage, um, they're doing their like old white dude jokes mm-hmm. about Piper, like, no hip, hip, whatever, like, making fun of his hip and shit like that. And um, they ramble on and on and on. Kevin Nash says something. I don't even remember what Kevin Nash said, but it's like five seconds of Kevin Nash, and then Hogan must pose, and the NWO, 
leave. And then the main event is the Steiner brothers versus Lex Luger and the Giant. Um, the NWO come out. They surround the ring. Sting comes down the ramp, but he doesn't really do anything. And then Piper's hobos come out. And they jump in the ring, and then all of a sudden, it is Team WCW, um, the NWO, and Piper's Hobos all brawling, and it, it just ends with all of that. I don't know a better name for Piper. <laughs> I just, I just pictured hobos, but stylized like Icon on his shirts. Right. I was thinking of like Hogan's Heroes, but I was like Piper's Hobos. <laughs> Begging for a payday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this Nitro started out really good. And, and honestly, it started out really, really fucking good. And it just, that Piper thing just killed it. And um, I've said it. Last week, and I said it this week, ECW, there's nothing to talk about because they just recap the last Cyberslam. Of Cyberslam. Right. So I think we got about another week and a half of them. That is the end of the week that was um, for March 3rd and March, uh, March 3rd. 1997 and ECW would have been March for March 4th, 1997. And then we're going to go into um, next week, which is March the 10th, 1997 through whatever. And we're going to go to club La Vila Nitro, which is fun. And spoiler alert, we're going to go into raw is war. And I'm super fucking excited. <laughs> it's about to fucking pop off. <laughs> I'm serious, guys. I, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be like, oh, silly. Like, I'm fucking jacked. Because this is when fucking wrestling gets really goddamn good. Like, this fucking Raw that we're going into, my fucking brother, who's sitting right there, he was at fucking Musicland working, selling goddamn Montel Jordan fucking singles. And I'm sitting at home because I don't... Probably, probably, probably record-setting uh, sales for Candle in the Wind by Elton yeah. John. Yeah, because yeah. that fucking Diana she just died in that tunnel. Doty and Die died. Yeah. Um, fucking Nate comes home after I'm fucking watching this shit, and he comes home, he's like, what's going on, man? I'm like, you're never gonna fucking believe it! <laughs> shit was fantastic. And they'd like, they'd like, don't spoil it, and you're like, fuck it, I'm spoiling it. <laughs> I'm super, like I said, I don't, I don't want to spoil nothing, but I am super looking forward, like, to going into this show. This is my show, but I haven't really been excited about it until we got to this point. Up until this fucking point. The point that we're going into right now is why I picked 1997. It's fucking gangbusters going on, guys. After this, it's going to be fucking great. We're going to have a lot of good shit to talk about. And we're going to be able to dissect these fucking great shows going forward 
Raw's going to do its best shit. Nitro's going to do its best shit. ECW's going to do its best shit. So I want it. Yeah, I got to throw him on eye, man. <laughs> it's going to be fucking good-ass shit going forward, and I'm looking forward to it. If if Raw sucked in the first hour of Nitro sucked, and you heard that song, you knew the next hour of Raw's War was going to be really good. It's goddamn right. So, thank you guys. <laughs> you two, obviously, for listening to me ramble about these shows. Thank you for contributing today, and thank you guys for out there in the inner space for listening to it and going forward like i said guys it's going to be super exciting and thank you for listening to the year that was dot 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 1997 boobs happen everybody